You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned afterward for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. All right, welcome back. Thrilled to be with you all today. Welcome everybody online. My name is Morgan, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. And I'm especially thrilled to be able to give you an update on what we did last Sunday. Oh, yes. You know, if you were here, last week was one of our biggest, best Sundays of the year. We call it Live Big Sunday. And we asked the question, what could happen if we collectively pooled our resources and gave as much as we possibly could one time, one day, to an organization outside ourselves, a nonprofit in our community that's doing really great work. And so last week we identified our recipient as Street Youth Ministry, SYM, Street Youth Ministry, and they work with the unhoused young, 28 and below primarily, who struggle with mental health, who have aged out of the foster care system, who are on the streets with nowhere to go, no real hope and future. They provide lots of great counseling, skill preparation, job preparation, stability, food, clothes, all that kind of stuff. They're doing a great job, super reputable, and are a tremendous nonprofit. And so uh, over the last 10 years that we have done Live Big, I told you last week, we've received nearly $500,000 to be able to give away into our community and serve the underfunded. And so last week, you know, we asked you to give, consider giving at least, how much? Come on, $39.95 a person. Yeah, and we said if we could all do that, we could raise $40,000 in one day. But we didn't just do that. We didn't just get 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or even $80,000. Our grand total this year for Live Big was $81,649. And 30 cents, this is incredible, yes, and they didn't know this was coming, a total surprise. So we called them up and said, we've got a little check to bring by for you, and we took a video team and filmed their uh, you know, response in the moment there. We had a bit of a challenge getting the CEO, Terry Cole, on the line, but he's going to be there, as you see, virtually, and here is a little you know, video of what happened. Here we go. So this is our art room. Over here, we have a hybrid group room. We try to clam everybody in here, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but the close atmosphere kind of breathes like the long form sharing of our peer support group where just one person shares the full length of whatever they feel like they need. And we try to kind of line the walls with some books and like journals and things in case they're in here and their hands need to be busy. Um, they have something that they can look at or draw in or write or whatever. We also do phones for them. A lot of times that's a hard thing for them to keep on the street because it's easily tradable. Yeah. They're really easy to lose. People steal them all the time um, when you fall asleep and stuff like that. So giving them the opportunity to get that phone and we provide the service of the first month. So mm. if you buy it, it's your first time here with us, you sit down for like a couple sessions, you get that phone, you're able to call your parents, you're able to make contacts with people that you know in the city, you're able to pick up job applications and make return phone calls and do different things like that. And that level of stability really help uplift the client, right? Mm -hmm. And it gives them a sense of identity too. Like, yeah. I have this thing and people can contact me and they don't have to be like within arm's distance. Or... So we have bags of grace. And these bags of grace come with like just a daily calorie supply of food so and what we do is give that money to a a nonprofit in the city that we believe is making a difference in changing things in the city and and loving on the people that we care about and we found that you are loving on the people that we care about those that have have that feel maybe left out or insignificant or pushed out to the margins of society 
And so we thank you for the work that you're doing. Alan, the passion that he has for unhoused, for people that are um, in the city, is just pouring, as spilling out of him. And I know that is a reflection of your leadership and just your care for the, the young people in our city. So thank you for what you're doing. God bless y'all. This is just a token of our love and appreciation for what you're doing. And we hope it can make some kind of difference to you all. You. But we would love for you to open. I don't know what's in there. So we want you to open yeah, it up. Okay. Tell Terry, no. yes, um, let us know. And you. we want to be surprised with you. So the amount says $81,649.30. Holy smokes. So uh, so that's a huge uh, quantity. Makes a giant difference in at Street Youth Ministry. Um, and hopefully will inspire uh, our clients that that they know the community cares about them. That's actually why we have volunteers. That's why we have in-kind donations because it because it says more than more than just us showing up. It shows lots of people show up in their lives, which is not at all what they expect. $51,000 will not only make sure we break even for this year, but it will allow us to put our thinking caps on and figure out what new thing we have we've been wanting to do that we can't do now. Yeah, isn't that great? Thank you. Thank you, Mosaic. Thank you, everybody in the room. Thank you, everybody online who gave to this so generously. And I love what he said there because he really intuitively sort of got the vision that we've been casting here, which is that if we could raise enough money and give it away, well, listen, we'd be able to change the course of an organization. Did you hear that? Like, not even just break even this year, but to think about what he and they could do next that they aren't doing already. So we're impacting the course of the city, at least in that way. So thank you. It's a big deal. And thank you, Jesus. All right. And that brings me now to our scripture reading today, which last week I told you would be part two of something we began last week in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. But, <clears throat> but before we get to that, you should know that you should definitely be here next week. And here's why. Next week we'll be looking ahead in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because it's the next chapter, and taking an extended look at the topic of sex and the Christian. Sex and the Christian. And if I lost you in the last 10 seconds, I think I just got you back. But that's what the next section of the book is about, so that's what the next message will be about. And I can at least promise you this, you won't be bored. All right, here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now... May our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Amen. Amen. Now that's it. That's super short. And that's on purpose. <laughs> that's a little different because today I want to do something a little different on purpose. When I get to the end of this message today, you're going to say, was that it? <laughs> was that it? And you're gonna, it's, that's going to be it. I'm telling you now so you won't be surprised when we get there. Because this message is just going to be, again, something a little different. Just me, the lead pastor, just having more of a conversation. And by conversation, I mean one way. Me talking to you. <laughs> talking to our members and our longtime attenders primarily. 
I do something kind of like this, a little more informal from time to time. And if you are new to Mosaic, or if you're not a Christian, or you just came back today to hear how much we raised, I'm glad you're here. You could not have picked a better Sunday to be here because what you are about to hear is sort of an opening up of what this church is all about and the heart behind what we do and how we do it at a very, very practical level. So here we go. One of the real joys that my wife, Carrie, and I have is to host a community group in our home. And we've done this. Yes, she said yes. Praise God. (laughs) She still feels this way. After 13 years, we still feel this way. And yes, it does get messy. And yes, it's true that once upon a time, a two-liter soda bottle dropped on the floor, flew around the kitchen like a balloon expelling air, blew soda all over the ceiling and blinds, and took us months to get all the sugar off. Yes, it's true, furniture gets broken and toys get ruined, but even more hearts get healed. That's true, too, yes. But in general, we love being a part of one and leading one because we get to meet new people. And in our growing church, I don't get to meet as many of you all as I would like to. And so being a part, leading a group, gives me and us the opportunity to sort of shrink the church and meet new people. And not too long ago, through our group, I got asked a question. Morgan, we love being here and what this church is doing and what's it all about. What can we do for the church? What can we do for the church? Now, I remember the first time somebody ever asked me that. I was so stunned by the question that I didn't know what to say, and I probably freaked him out because of the look on my face. And that's because most people don't come to a church asking, what can I or we do for the church? Right? We don't hear that. And so, you know, that's what he asked. And people come in and they ask, you know, how can the church meet my needs? How can the church minister to me? And we love meeting needs and we love ministering to you and to people. But that being said, it's just so rare for someone to ask, what can I, what can we do for the church? And so today, this morning, right now, I'm going to pretend that you actually want to hear the answer to that question. All right, this morning I'm going to pretend that you would like to know what you can do for this church. So humor me today, would you? I'd like for us all to ask, Morgan, what can I do? Ready? Go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. And the reason I'm glad you ask is because it's just important to know the answer. It's important for you to know because if we do this right, Not only what we do, but how we do it can quite literally impact the world. And we can be, in part, the answer to Paul's prayer in 1 Thessalonians where he prays, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. We focused more on the everyone else last week. Today it's more of the each other. How can we do this? What can you do for Mosaic since you asked? Four things in turn. Connect. Serve, give, and invite. Connect, serve, give, and invite. We're going to move through these. But before we even get to number one, let me give you three quick, super quick reasons why I'm talking about this today. Here it is. Here they are. First, in any group, there are things that just need to be done in any group to make the group or the place what it needs to be. There are just things we have to do to continue to ensure that we are the kind of church that we really like so that we get something out of it and grow. So yeah, having a church that we like is important. And that's not the only reason or that's not the most important reason. Second, we want to continue to try to be the kind of church that people you want to invite your friends to. 
because that's important. But that's also not the most important reason. The most important reason why I'm talking about this today is because of the stewardship this church has and is continuing to have in a growing way in the body of Christ. Because when people hear our story of the impossible odds this church has gone through and overcome to stay open, they want to know more. 97% of churches, I've been told by multiple church consultants who were supposed to know these things, 97% of churches that were in the position we were a decade ago don't make it. They go dark and the lights go off for forever. But ours didn't, and not only did we not just make it, but we're thriving and growing in every kind of way. I had another meeting with another group of pastors, church leaders recently, and coming out of COVID has nearly killed their congregation. It's not good, and they're asking for help, especially in this multi-ethnic church space. How do you all do it? It's a question I've gotten asked so often, somebody had to write a book about it. And so my wife and I did. Okay. Now, of course, we're not perfect here. Lots of room for improvement. But here's the point. This church has a growing stewardship in the body of Christ. And just your being here, your participating in our mission is helping that to happen. You are shaping the world, maybe even in some ways you don't know about, which is why Paul also had to remind his church in Thessalonica of why and how they were doing the same. So why are we talking about this this morning? For you, for others, and yeah, for the world. So what can you do for Mosaic? Here they are, four things in turn. Number one, you can connect. You can connect, and specifically, I'd like to ask you to connect in two ways here if you haven't already. First, there are those of you who are here, and you've been here, and you've been here, and you've continued to be here, and be here after you've been here. But you've neverly, you've neverly, you've never formally joined the church. You say, but Morgan, Jesus never talked about church membership. And you're right, but Jesus didn't talk about how to build a church much at all. He put that in the hands of his followers and disciples and his apostles. And he said, I'm going to build it through you all. And Paul, one of those apostles, went on to write about that God places people in his body where he sees fit. And so church membership is just our way of helping you acknowledge that this is where God has put you. Now you might think, if you're here and you've been here and you've been here, that you're super spiritual by not joining a church. Like you're just above it all, right? You're above and beyond it all, but you're not super spiritual. You're just super cultural. You're just super cultural. Our culture is full of non-joiners. Our culture says, don't commit. Just consume. Don't sacrifice. Just sit. But listen, if your gym can ask you to join, if Costco can ask you to join, surely the Church of Jesus can formally ask you to recognize what he's done already and have it not be offensive, right? Which is he's put you here. Don't just come, hear me. Don't just come for a nice time, take a few notes. And then politely ignore a bunch of people on their way out of the parking lot, right? I mean, the things that you commit to the most grow you the most. But second, I want you to commit in a mosaic community. And I'll talk more about what that looks like in point two. But the idea here is to connect outside of Sunday mornings. Because here at Mosaic, our vision is not just for us to sit in rows, but to gather in circles and on teams. 
meeting in smaller groups, praying for one another, serving one another, supporting one another. Those things are just central to the Christian idea of discipleship and the Christian message. Why? Because the Christian faith at its core is all about one another, and you can't get the depth of it, though I wish you could, on a Sunday morning. A local church can, you know this, just gravitate towards only putting people in rows. And so when you hear us talk about numbers or where we are or whatever, your mind can go there, but don't let it because this church is not all about rows and numbers and buildings. Those, those things are important. We are about this. Jesus' commandment in John 13, which Paul echoes. Jesus of Nazareth said this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What's your point, Jesus? You weren't quite clear enough. I don't think you communicated you know, clearly enough. No. How can the world know we are his disciples? He said it twice more in case you missed it the first time. The commandment is to love one another. How are you doing that? How can we one another one another. You can connect in a mosaic community. And here's why. Here's why this is so, so important. What would happen if, because I've gotten asked this question, what would happen to the church if something happened to me? I know it's not all about me, but it, you know, can be asked, what would happen to the church if something happened to me? So since it's been asked, let's just raise the stakes and make that question worse. What would happen to the church if something happened not only to me, but to all of our elders and staff like what if our building burned down and we didn't have insurance worst case scenario right well on one hand it would be so hard super tough really difficult on the other hand I think Mosaic Church would go on because we have hundreds of people that gather in homes and apartments and spaces all over the city and meet in circles, not just in rows, and they love one another, pray for one another, serve the city, take communion together, maybe even, and are learning to multiply themselves. Because the Church of Jesus is not about a facility, though that's important. It's about loving him and following him in ways that let the world know Jesus is real. And perhaps there is no more countercultural way to do that in a culture that says all you need to be happy is a smartphone and a streaming service than to be a part of a mosaic community. So to help you do this and make it a reality, we've tried to make it as super simple as we can. Every single Sunday, out of the lobby, there's this thing called the Connections Table. And Kyung Fong, first service, yeah, he cheered for the areas. It's scary and awesome at the same time. When you go past there, I know for you introverts, it's like your worst nightmare. You know, there are all those people there, and you might not know anyone. Some of you, your husband was like, I'll go get the car, you go, you know, and made you go by yourself. <laughs> but if you've never been there before, it's great. The people... At that table are folks who once were in your position, once were right where you are. They've been so impacted by being connected here that they want to help you do the same. All right, so that's number one, connect. Connect, it means you grow and our mission goes on. Number one, connect. Number two, serve. Serve. Here it is, number two, serve. Now, the, the second answer to the question you asked me just a few moments ago, Morgan, how do I participate in the gospel in this church is this. It's to serve primarily through being part of a mosaic community because our communities, our vision is, we both relate 
and serve together. And I talk in the first point about the relating part. Now I'll talk about the second. For those of you in the business world, got a lot of business people here today, you know that there are things that your company or business just has to do to get your mission right and to move forward. You can make a lot of mistakes in a lot of other areas, but if you get certain key pieces right that are mission critical, your company or business moves ahead and goes forward. And for us, that is our Sunday morning focused communities. Things like music, media production, connections, hospitality, street ministry, parking lot, children, students. I could go on. You know, when people ask, Morgan, what is the secret sauce to this church? What I always tell them is this. It's the quality of the people that you meet in those smaller communities. And of course, there are far more mosaic communities than just those. Others that are living out their passion in some way, making a big difference in the city. But since you asked, there are certain ones that play a huge role in helping our mission move forward on a weekly basis. The secret sauce, again, isn't a person's preaching. And you're like, Morgan, I've already figured that out today. Yes. It's not even our worship, as amazing as that is. It's the people who relate and serve together. I've had people come up to me all the time and say, Morgan, oh, I love Mosaic. I love being here. They'll say, this is my first time. It was so great. And I'm thinking, I know it was. Did you hear that message? That sermon was like on point, you know. But no, they'll say, it was my kid. They, my kids loved M kids. I'll ask them, well, why do you say that? They'll say, frankly, it was the chai tea. I mean, that was amazing. Where do you guys get that, you know? People, the point is people come for the message, maybe, or the worship, perhaps, but they stay for the people. You may be thinking, Morgan, serve, but like, I don't want to have to babysit some kids, First of all, yes, the crowd's against you. You can tell. <laughs> you know, if they're your kids, it's not babysitting, right? It's called parenting, yes. But second of all, we don't want you to do something you're no good at. Why? Because you're no good at it. <laughs> that doesn't help us or them And because here's what we don't want. We don't want this to be the lesson. God is boring. The Bible is boring. Church is boring. Come back next week. You know, that's not the message we want because if a kid gets that all his or her life, no wonder when they get to college, they don't even want to consider being a part of a local church anymore. But listen, what we do here isn't boring. Lots of fun, life, vision, people dance, jump, sing around, they learn, and, and we can train you to be better at something than you're currently maybe even not so good at, by the way. So I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This church never has been and never will be built on the gifts of a few, but only on the sacrifice of many. And what many of you have tasted when you've come in here is the legacy of service from countless others who have gone before and desired to build and create a dynamic, life-changing, multi-ethnic church environment. So here's what you need to know. That you really, I think, only love or mostly love this place because there are those who have and who do and who will be ready to receive you and love you. And if you don't, in turn, serve, turn around and serve them, either by joining a team or serving with those in a community, if you don't contribute, if you don't put your tea bag into our collective kettle, the tea gets diluted and the water gets weaker. So make friends, sacrifice. It keeps this church the kind of church I think you and I, we want to be a part of. Number one, connect. Number two, serve. Here we go. Number three is give 
Oh, yes, give. Now, last week we had, I think you saw it, we had a blast doing our annual Live Big Sunday. I mean, in one day, it only took one day to raise 81000 dollars in one day. You should know, I'm believing to write. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. A $1 million check to something outside the scope of our church. It's got nothing to do with us. I mean, imagine if we could give and sow like that. But even though it took us, yeah, sure, on one hand, one day to raise that, in another way, it's taken us more than a decade to be able to raise that. Because it's taken us that long to be able to grow and be focused enough and be financially stable enough to give away that much money at one time. Because $81,000, that's a lot for us. There's a lot you could do, I could do, in this church with that money. But the reason we've been able to do that is because over the last few years, especially, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people and families who have faithfully given away a percentage of their income right here. Many of whom are at 10, 12, 15, even 20% of what they make to enable this church to do what it does. They are heroes of this church, and let me tell you why. These are the people who have said, I don't care, Morgan, if you do something magical with my dollars or not. Some people only want to give the things that they feel like are magical. They say, Morgan, I don't care if my money goes to paying for things like a facility or for salaries or to changing the carpet or buying new speakers or changing light bulbs. My money isn't special money that can only go to something that just gives me spiritual goosebumps. But I trust you, Morgan, and I trust the leadership team of this church to make good and wise financial decisions. And you should know, because I'm going to give you one right here, one of those good financial decisions, I think, is one of the most amazing things about our church, and I mentioned it last week, which is our generosity here. This church gives away, year in and year out, about 20% or more of its income. That's an astonishing amount, by the way. Churches across America typically don't do this. We give to ministries and missionaries all over the city, Texas, nation, world, 20% of what we receive here goes right out. And believe me, again, there's a lot that I'd like to do with all of that right here. But we are able to give so much away because we have percentage-based financial heroes who have just said, I'm going to be a steady, consistent, faithful giver because I understand that's what it takes to make a church go. Most people, statistically in the U.S., want to give only like we all gave last week with Live Big. And that was, I mean, that was super fun, was it not? It was. It was about as much fun as you can have for $39.95, you know? Some of you were so moved, you thought, man, I'm not just going to do $39. I'm going to do $49.95, $59.95, add a zero or on there. And then, then you got to the car, and you thought, Oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> what did I just do? But you did it, and it was fun, and it was emotional, and it should be, and it was great, but that's only what I'll call intro giving, introductory giving. Intro giving is spontaneous, one-time, and emotional. The plate goes around. Someone comes to your door. They sell the cookies at the store, and you give 20 here, 50 there, 100 there. That's good. You should do that. We do that. Carrie and I do that. But next level giving changes the world. I'll contrast them in a moment. Next level giving is steady, consistent, prioritized percentage giving to a church because, again, that's what it takes to make a church great. Intro giving, here's the word, is responsive giving. Responsive giving. Here's a need, let's give. And we should do that, and we do do that. But next level giving is 
preventative giving so that we don't have to do maybe as much responsive giving in the future. Giving 1.0, intro giving, it's like running the charity 5K on Thanksgiving every year. (laughs) You don't have to train for it. You just showed up and you kind of felt exhausted when it was all over because you did it. But it's better than nothing. Giving 2.0, steady, faithful, prioritized percentage giving is like year-round training. It's just better and healthier for everyone. This church does both. And yes, you should do the same. So don't be the average Christian who gives 4% or less of their income away. 4% or less. Nor should you be a Christian who somehow manages to have, and this may be tough to hear, manages to have a theology that allows them to come and sit and never join and never give. Yeah. Does that sound like the gospel of Jesus? The kind of Christian faith that changes the world? No. Or does that sound more like an Americanized, mutated version of the Christian message? Yeah. Listen, the best dollars my wife and I ever give are the dollars we give right here because we know how much good it does and how far our dollars go. Give, excuse me, connect, serve, give. And finally, number four, here it is, last one. Invite, invite. All right. Here's why this one is so important. If you were to ask me, Morgan, what is the biggest number one concern you have for the church? Like, what's on your heart? My biggest concern for this church, you should know, because again, you're asking me these questions, is what it's been from the day I first got here and and, and learned this lesson, which is that the gravitational pull of every church is just toward itself. The gravitational pull of a church is towards keeping, pastoring, taking care of its members because there are always people getting married and people getting sick. Not necessarily in that order or because of that reason. And there are, let me get that later. There are always, you know, babies being born, and there's always almost someone upset because we're not quite doing for them what they might have thought or wanted to do it in the way they thought they should. And of course, we always want to listen and, yes, do better. But I name those things just to say this the pull of a church is always inward because it's made up of people, and the gravitational pull of people is toward themselves. And isn't it funny? While no one ever wants to be part of a church that's all about itself, the main reason people typically come to a church is to get their needs met. In other words, most people come in saying, this church better not be about taking care of its needs, but hey, take care of me and my needs. All right. And of course, we want to must care for you and your needs. It's a delight and a joy and an honor to do so. But what does Jesus' commission in Matthew's gospel also call us to? To have an outward aim, right? Towards the world. And so one of my greatest, perhaps greatest fear, is that we grow and we grow and we grow and we get so good and so strong that we forget why we're even here in the first place. And here's why we're here. We're here because Jesus Christ is real. He really lived. He really died. He really resurrected. He is worthy of following. He wants to and can change your life. And this city is better when the church, the gathered church of Jesus Christ is there. And so we structure what we do so that new people can be touched and reach with that message and not only so that, you know, older Christians can get more interesting information, all right? And when you invite someone new, you know this, you have a whole new take on church. You see it through totally different eyes. I mean, people ask me sometimes, Morgan, why do we have to stop worship? It's so great. Why can't we do six, eight, like 10 songs? 
You know who doesn't want to hear 10 songs? That unchurched neighbor you brought with you for the first time a day who's nodding beside you right now. You know, you say, Morgan, you know, I want this to be a church where you can like hear from the Holy Spirit. Just drop your notes. Go another 30 minutes, you know, just 30 minutes longer. Okay, no one's ever said that to me, frankly. <laughs> Duly noted, by the way, but thank you. But again, you know who isn't praying? We go 30 minutes longer? Those kind folks who are watching your kids right now for you, you know, and the person you brought. And on the Sunday that you brought somebody, you don't want that either. You're just hoping on the Sunday you brought somebody, I didn't say something stupid. <laughs> and talk about money. <laughs> oh, wait, that already happened. You get the point. When you invite someone who doesn't normally come, you remember why we do what we do in the first place. And if you'll take a risk and invite someone, most of the time, most of the time, they'll say thank you and yes. If you'll just say to your friends like Philip said to Nathaniel, John chapter 1, just come and see. Just come and see. I don't know what you've heard about God or faith or church, what you've read in the news or what you think about Jesus. Would you just come? To my church this Sunday, the Mosaic, who knows? God may just do something and change their lives. They'll be forever grateful to you. And all you did was risk an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, tiny bit of rejection. So that's it. That's the message. You're like, that's it. I told you. you're gonna. That's it. So connect, serve, give. And invite. Aren't you glad that Jesus has joined us, connected to us, the human race? Aren't you glad he came, he said, not to be served, but to serve? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't have a theology that allowed him to come here, but not give heaven's wealth to us? And aren't you glad he's invited us to be a part of his church, his people? I know I am. And I think and hope you are as well. This is how we can make our love overflow for one another and for everyone else. Hope you can say amen. Let me pray for you, and we'll be done. Lord, we thank you for this. Lord, I pray this little leadership bumper lane will help us stay aimed rightly at the kind of people we can grow into and make a big difference in the world. We thank you for drawing us here, bringing us here, keeping us here. I'm praying for all of us here today. We would take that next step towards being a blessing to a group of people, to a spiritual family, the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.